Thank you for listening to episode one of Podify. I am Melody Lee, a software at Hopkins, and I am in Taiwan right now. And with me, I have Alyssa Lee, Michelle Limpe, and Phoebe Chu. Do you guys want to quickly introduce yourselves? Okay, so like、uh, Melody said, my name is Alyssa. I am a sophomore, so class of 2023 at Hopkins, and right now I'm at Bronxville, New York. Hello, I'm Phoebe.、Um, I'm a junior this year, and I'm from Southern California, but I'm in Baltimore right now at school. Hi, everyone. I'm Michelle. I'm also a sophomore right now, and I'm currently in the Philippines. It's so nice to have you guys, and just want to talk about how everyone's feeling、um, with the semester being online again. And to start off, I think it would be nice to talk about how we envisioned college to be like before this pandemic hit us.、Um, before you came to college, what were your expectations、uh, of your college life, or like some of your visions that you had? So for college, college has always kind of seemed really far off for me. Like I knew it would be really, really different, at least from where I came from, because my high school was super small. There was like a total of like two hundred people, and、um, so yeah, I guess I knew college. Well, my expectation was that it was going to be like really big, and it was a lot bigger, but it wasn't like terribly big. Like I still have. And like an image to like a lot of people's faces, even if I don't like directly know them, which is kind of cool. Um, I guess in terms of what I thought my life would be like in college, I was kind of scared that I wasn't going to have any friends just because there were a lot going to be a lot more people, and I wasn't sure how I would like fit into that kind of setting. But everyone at Hopkins has been really sweet and super caring, even with like the really rigorous. Academic environment, so that's been like a really nice surprise. Um, so yeah, I guess I did get to achieve most of my goals coming to campus.、Uh, I spend a lot more time studying than I want to, but I mean that's that's okay. We we're still alive. Um, yeah, college is like always the plan for me. I always knew I wanted to come to the states or to Canada for college. Like that was always the plan since. My parents also went abroad for college,、um, but I never thought I'd end up in Hopkins just because, like, my plan was always to go somewhere in California or closer to my family in New Jersey, and、um, I thought that I would be accustomed to like U.S. culture since I'd go to the states and Canada for like summer every vacation and every break. But it was still、um, different adjusting to the culture a bit here and the workload definitely. Um, and you know, like before coming to Hopkins, you hear a lot about oh, the workload's crazy and it, it's so it can get toxic there. But I'm really glad that、um, I was able to find my people here and I was able to find like wholesome, kind of wholesome <laughs> friends, but also like people I know who will, like support me genuinely and like are there for me because they and like we're all there for each other because we want each other to succeed. So, like, I'm really glad that Hopkins has provided me that community to grow, to step out of my comfort zone, and to learn new things about myself, and just continue meeting like interesting people. Like, I'm so glad I was able to meet y'all through AKD Phi as well. So I'm just really thankful、um, for all that Hopkins has like enabled me to do so far. 
Yeah, so I think that I always, like, I definitely always wanted to go to college and, like, a four-year college, but I also kind of, like Michelle, was, like, thinking about going to school in California just because it was, like, closer to home. But then suddenly I was just like, oh, like, I want to go as far away from home as possible. So <laughs> I just, like, went across the country. And then, um, so now I'm at Hopkins. And, like, I didn't really expect to come here, like, I guess when I was applying to all my schools. But then I think when I visited for, like, the open house, I was, like, really convinced. And, like, it just seemed like a really, like, good environment, like, really fun and, but I did hear that, like, there's going to be a lot of competition, I guess, like, ac academic competition coming to Hopkins. And I was kind of, like, anticipating that coming in. But then um, I think when I got here, I actually didn't really experience any of that. And everyone always says, like, oh, it's, like, so cutthroat and stuff like that. But I, I actually personally haven't really experienced any, like, like crazy competition or anyone being like cutthroat or like sabotage like I, mean, I haven't experienced any of that so that was like I guess like a pleasant surprise and I think that like I guess um being the only like junior here I had like a full year um at Hopkins before the pandemic and I think that I did have a lot of fun my freshman year and I think I also achieved like what I thought was gonna happen like academically for me and it wasn't like a lot of hard work but I think that it was like a really good experience overall yeah I definitely share similar experiences with all of you guys um it's like Phoebe so my hometown is in California and so when I applied to college I was just like I'm going I'm going to go as far as I can um, oh, home. <laughs> California, so to experience um, another city, another location, and so it was really nice to be able to go to Hopkins, and like everyone said, like Hopkins definitely has a reputation for being cutthroat, but I think because we could all see each other, like studying very hard, we're stressing over classes, um, we kind of just bonded over <laughs> that mutual Bonding um, through adversity. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, bonding through adversity. So just to give our audiences some context of what happened, um, we went off campus late March this year. And I'm just curious, where, where did you guys go when we were kicked off campus? Um, well, for me, because we were... I guess kicked off campus like right at the beginning of spring break and I had already had plans um to go to California with my roommate and also meet some of my high school friends there and okay I guess it was kind of dumb on my part just because I think at that time like a lot of people weren't aware of how serious like this pandemic is and has gotten um so during that time, like, I still pushed through with my plans. Like, I went to California. I, like, when I was there with my roommate and we were going around L.A., like, that was the last day that everything was open. And, and then the next day, like, everything was shut down. So it was kind of surreal because at that time, like, we were still going out. And literally the next day, like, we were all, like, stuck inside. So I was only able to, like, um, go out and have fun and go to beaches and stuff for, like, a day during my trip there um and 
uh, and the rest of it was basically just like I was just indoors with some of my high school friends that I met that I met up with and after that I was there for I think around three days then I flew to New Jersey um because it it like it was really my plan to be in LA for half of spring break and stay in New Jersey for the rest of it because it was my aunt's birthday and I was staying with my relatives there and then eventually since you know at that time we all thought oh maybe we'd be able to go back to campus by like April 12th so like my plan was just to stay in New Jersey till then but then when they announced everything would be fully online for the rest of the semester like I ended up staying in New Jersey until May so like that was really unexpected yeah um I think at the time like during March most people didn't really think that the pandemic was a serious thing like I also planned on going to Florida with my friends for a spring break and we almost like actually went until everything was closed down and then so we were like oh I guess we can't go now but they really did not realize how serious the pandemic was or was going to be yeah yeah what about you Alyssa uh well when we were kicked off campus uh my mom kind of immediately forced me back home she like called me the same day she's like okay pack your bags you have to come home so then I was like oh okay so I basically left and I didn't really have the chance to say bye to anyone I just kind of left which was kind of sad but um yeah so I've basically been in New York ever since they announced that um I did not have any particular plans like I was just going to go back to New York and maybe like spend time with friends but then when the social distancing guidelines came into effect, I couldn't even really do that because everyone was too afraid to come out of their houses, especially at the beginning of the pandemic. Like there was that like very like visceral fear, I think, among like everyone that this could be like the new like plague, like everyone who came into contact with it would just like die. So yeah, I don't know. Everyone was really afraid, I guess, for those first few months and we're still kind of afraid, but like, I think we're starting to understand COVID better and um I guess yeah I haven't really done much myself I've mostly been at home I've like did like keep in touch with other people I've been like facetiming them or like texting them but it's definitely not the same as being like with people I hope that we can go back soon if not next semester then soon (laughs) yeah hopefully soon (laughs) Hopefully. So sad. Yeah, for me, when I found out about the news, like, or I guess, because they they released it, like, pretty late. Like, I think it was, like, one or two days before spring break started that they were just like, oh, everyone has to leave, like, now. And then we're just like, huh? Yeah, so then I already, like, I think I had plans before to go to Spain, but then, like, we canceled those like pretty early on just because like it was doing really bad in Europe, like with all the mm-hmm. coronavirus cases and stuff. But then um, I think later on, my friends were like, oh, let's like, like go to a lake house in like Maryland. And like, it's in the middle of the forest. Like it's fine. Like there'll be no coronavirus there. So mm-hmm. I think 
we actually yeah we actually ended up doing that like for a couple days like I think like two days or three days so like that was like the first couple days after they announced it um basically we just like left and went to like I think Lake Anna in Maryland and it was kind of like there was like nobody there so we felt like pretty safe I guess but then I basically was the only person that was going back home to like like flying back home and everyone else just like was going to drive back to their house and so like my plan originally was to go back to my dorm and like sleep there for a night and then like take the plane but then I realized that the dorms were all closed because they like were letting us back in so then I was just like oh like what do I where do I go now so then I actually had to stay with um one of our other sorority sisters, um, Brianna, I was just like, hi, can I just like stay at your place for like a night? And so I had to do that for like, it was only a couple hours really, but like it was kind of, kind of chaotic because just cause like it was so, everything was so last minute and I couldn't just like change my flight like that fast and stuff. Mm-hmm. Did you think that we would return to campus like they said i think they said late april i know that like when they announced we would all be online they as first the university was projecting we'd be back on campus by april 12th i mean i was hoping that would happen but like deep down i knew it was probably not going to be possible just because every day we saw that the situation was getting worse and the numbers were increasing and it was like becoming a huge issue like obviously we see it now the whole like change the world like in ways we wouldn't have imagined we'd be living through Mm. yeah yeah i guess for me when i first found out like hawkins announced like super late like almost Mm. like it was like two weeks before class was supposed to start so like i had already and i know like a lot of my friends had also like made plans for like housing in terms of like leases and stuff so when they announced, I was super sad. And like a lot of people like lost a lot of money, which they couldn't really afford to lose. So a lot of them had to like go back and take their lease anyway. And like with a lot of the housing that's near Hopkins, like it's really hard I hear to like try to get the money back on your lease, especially after you signed it. So I really feel like if it was, I feel, yeah, I think I agree with Michelle. Like, it, it was like never going to happen in the first place. So I think Hopkins just should have announced that they weren't going to reopen uh, earlier before people got themselves into these situations. Like, I don't know. That's my two cents. I mean, dude, wait. I was actually like, when I found out about the news, I literally, it was when I turned my phone off of airplane mode after arriving to Baltimore. Oh, oh god. I know it was like the most like unfortunate thing to happen. And then, like right after that, one of my roommates was like, Yeah, like I don't know if I'm coming back. And I was like, No. Because I literally yeah. just got there and I was like, Well, like I'm obviously not just gonna like turn around like right now. Mm-hmm. So then, like I guess yeah. it didn't really change my plans in terms of like staying on campus because I was like planning on staying on campus anyways but like I know that one of my roommates like she didn't want to come back so she didn't end up coming back and so it was like just like the announcement so late was just so inconvenient like 
Yeah, like that's such an issue. I don't know why Hopkins announces everything so late. Like, I understand that they are trying to get as much research as possible, but at the same time, you know, they're the number one public health institution and a lot of students are expecting them to be better about communicating like these kinds of information that are affecting the whole undergraduate population. And you hear so much about like other schools, like they actually did stuff during the pandemic, like they built like COVID testing centers, that kind of thing. But like Mm -hmm. Hawkins did absolutely nothing and I'm just very confused. And like I have friends, you know, in Canada and some of my friends are going to the University of British Columbia and they've already announced that their spring is going to be completely online. Like they announced it a month ago and I'm just thinking like that's in Canada and they're doing so well over there. So what more in America where the cases like aren't going down yet? What the inner working like of Hopkins is, but it's definitely really hard to predict what's going to happen. But also at the same time, it creates a lot of inconveniences and unimaginable like issues that students and their families would face without telling like students in events what their plan is. And that's really a trouble. I think like everyone was really hoping that we could go back to campus as Hopkins expected to reopen campus like late, I think late April. And obviously that didn't happen. So that was a huge disappointment. Um, I think Alyssa said, uh, you said you didn't get to do anything before you left. But what about Michelle and Phoebe? Do you guys get to say goodbye to your friends? Yeah, um, before we left, like my friends and I, we all had like, we all like, met up and we all were just like being very sad together and we said like one final goodbye because I think that they like when it was announced I was still gonna be um at Hopkins for a few more days because I was like packing my stuff and my flight was in um I think two days after it was announced so but a lot of my friends like their parent they live um like in New Jersey in Philadelphia like they're closer to Baltimore um, so their parents wanted them to go home like the next day because they could just drive there and pick them up. So since a lot of them left, like the night it was announced, we all like got together and we were all just like saying bye. Um, at that time, we were so hopeful we'd see each other in like like by April. Um, it kept we 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 kept saying like see y'all in a month, like we're gonna be back so soon. But then um, it's so sad to see like now when we talk, we're always like oh I think. The next time we'll see each other will be in another year and it's just so crazy to think um how much has changed since then yeah i think i mentioned earlier we were like at a lake house me and my friends so i guess for like those couple people that i was with it was like i think maybe like five or six of us like um i was able to like hang out with them for like a couple days before we left so that was like really nice but it's been hard because like we just don't really know like who's gonna be back on campus for fall and spring or just fall or just spring and yeah so that's like kind of sad yeah that's really nice that you guys got to say goodbye to your friends before you left i think looking back on the decision of moving everything online i guess like since march and then now for the fall semester do you guys agree with hopkins decision on this um yeah definitely like even though it is unfortunate i 
you know, like from a public health standpoint, like th their decision to move everything online was absolutely necessary. Um, we see that we see like colleges who have reopened, you know, they aren't able to like completely control the, like the students there and what they're doing. So there have been like a lot of outbreaks. So I feel like if Hopkins students did go back, maybe something similar would have occurred. And I just feel like it's just for the, it's in the best interest of um, everybody, students, faculty, staff, like I guess the whole world, just because, you know, we have a huge international population in Hopkins too. So just, to keep everyone safe health-wise and, you know, to hopefully co combat the pandemic, like it is definitely the best decision on their part. I just wish that they communicated like all their decision and all this information like much earlier so students would have more time to prepare. Yeah, I think I would definitely agree with Michelle is that like, it was definitely necessary. Like there's no way that we could have returned to campus, especially with like students from like everywhere, like globally and like even within the United States. And, but yeah, it was just like, it was following like so many schools had already like taken action at that point that it was kind of just like, oh, we were like waiting for it to happen. But like, we were still kind of unsure just because Hopkins like wouldn't release anything. And so it would have just, I think been better for them to have done it earlier like so many other colleges did yeah just to echo what phoebe and michelle said definitely was a necessary decision especially from a public health standpoint and yeah again <laughs> hawkins definitely should have announced earlier um when it was first announced i i think everyone was just really kind of bewildered like what's happening why are we all being sent home that kind of thing and yeah, at first I I would say that I even like disagreed with it just because I didn't even know at the beginning how serious it was. And because the thing at the forefront of my mind was, oh, how am I going to do my academics? How am I going to see my friends? That kind of thing. Yeah, but definitely now in hindsight with everything that's happened, I can definitely say for sure that it was the right call, even if they did make the call very, very late. Yeah, for sure. I think in the beginning, no one really understood what was going on. Like, we never faced anything like this. I guess, at least in the U.S., um, like, we never had to stop school because of a pandemic. I think it's really easy to forget that things like this can happen. With Like, now that we live in such a technological era, like, we think we can, like, humans can control everything. But really, like, there's a lot going on in the world and with like nature, everything that is really just out of our control. And I think it's a good reminder with everything that has happened. Okay, so we're gonna have a quick break from like our interview questions and like the topic, the main topic of our um, episode. And we're gonna do like a song segment. And so uh, we're hoping that this week and like every week or every podcast after this we can have like a short um segment where we feature songs from uh asian artists or asian american artists um and so our first feature for this week um is gonna be nikki and you've probably heard of her um i think she got pretty big recently 
and she signed with um, the record label 88 Rising, uh, which is also kind of like a platform for Asian American artists. And so Nikki is from Indonesia, um, but she's uh, currently based in the United States. And uh, I guess her genre, you could say, is like kind of R&B. Um, yeah, and she she just has, um, I think, a couple of EPs out. And recently she released a new album. And I think uh, she said like herself about her music she said that she tries to empower asians and especially asian american women too um and i think that one of her songs that we're spotlighting this week it's off of her new album um uh her new album moonchild and the song's name is pandemonium and um in an interview nikki kind of said that like the song is about like mental health and about how like a lot of people are like kind of suffering from like mental health and just kind of like uh how it's um a little bit depressing maybe at times but how people kind of are starting to talk about it more um amongst each other um and i think that this is kind of like I guess you could say appropriate for this episode, um, especially in a time where like we're all kind of uncertain of what's going to happen and stuff like that. But in general, it's just like a really good song, too. And um, I think her voice in this song is very like soothing and it's very like, yeah, I just I really like it. Um, and we're, we're going to play a clip from it. And so just so you can like hear a bit of it and then maybe you can go check out her new album and also her older music too which is really good Do you guys want to talk about how your life looks like now that, um, like during our semester online? Um, because we do have everyone in different places and different, um, different time zones. So, um, luckily for me, I am in New York, so I'm in the same time zone. I'm in the Eastern time zone, like same as Baltimore. So I, my schedule has not changed that much and I'm pretty thankful for it. Um, I have a couple of 9 a.m.s. I have basically a 9 a.m. every day, but that's, like, not really anything to complain about, especially when there are people in vastly different time zones who have to wake up at crazy times to even, like, go to class. So I guess for me, it's been okay. I guess um, just in general, I think this is a thing that applies to everyone, but online learning has been definitely a tough transition, Mostly because it's hard to get that motivation to actually do stuff when you're just sitting at home all day. So, yeah, luckily it hasn't affected my life as much as other people's, but uh, yeah, definitely hard to get that motivation to actually do stuff. And even just to get opportunities to do things has become a lot harder with the pandemic. Yeah, I agree with Alyssa. Um, well, for me, like my schedule has had to change drastically. Um, 
I'm in the Philippines right now. I was able to go home um, in June. So there's a 12-hour difference with Baltimore. And before the semester started, I was like thinking, okay, how am I going to do this? Like, should I wake, should I just stick to like my regular Manila time and attend classes at night? Or should I um, completely flip my schedule to follow like a US-based time? Um, I guess realistically, I could have stuck to the Manila time just because like a lot of my classes, like the latest class I have, I guess, would be um, 1 a.m. since most of my classes are recorded. But I knew that it would just be too disconnecting for me to follow that schedule. Um, so like right now, what my, my schedule is, is that I wake up at like 4 p.m. here, which is around like 4 a.m. in the States. And it's just so like I can work out and then have dinner with my family and then like do some studying before classes. And then I go to sleep at like or 9 a.m. here, which is 8 or 9 p.m. in the U.S. Um, and it has been taxing just, you know, having to stay up all night in the dark and everyone else to sleep. Um, but I still do try to get at least seven to eight hours of sleep. And I personally feel like this schedule is the best one for me just because in this way, I can still like talk to my classmates like in real time. I can talk with my friends, call with them. Um, I'm also way more productive like for the newsletter because I can interview people in the US more easily. Um, and it has gotten taxing though, like just being, just staying up all night. And there is a part of me that is so like ready for the semester to be over, like, but at the same time, I knew like it couldn't have gone any other way. And this is the best option, you know, given the circumstances for me. It's actually such a huge commitment. Honestly, shout out to Michelle. Yeah. Well, isn't Melody also like she's in the same time zone as me? Yeah, I am. So, are you handling it? We're both um, 12 hours ahead of Baltimore time. And I chose the different option. I, I chose to just go with the Taiwanese time zone. So, I wake up at around, it ranges because, like, depending on whether I have a meeting at night time of Baltimore time on that day or not. Um, so I would like wake up between the range of like 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. of my time and then sleep at 1 a.m. or 3 or 4 a.m. And so it, it is Oof. probably not no. the best decision <laughs> because my sleep schedule is very inconsistent and that is, it is not great. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it's just really hard though to adjust or like to commit <laughs> to having a consistent schedule with like everything online and it's just so easy to like stay up later or overbook things because it doesn't seem like those um like meetings or uh activities are real no <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've had that asynchronous classes Wait, do, are you guys' classes mostly asynchronous or do they actually like meet at the time? Oh yeah, for me it's like 
quite unfortunate. I have one class that is synchronous. All of my other classes are pretty much all asynchronous, but my one class that's synchronous is a team course, and it is uh, it is from 1.30 p.m. of Baltimore time to 2.45 p.m. Oh, and so that's so like 1.30 a.m. Oh, that's so late. <laughs> Oh my god, so, yes. that's the only class I have to stay up. It's quite my, my synchronous class or my synchronous classes are all three hour blocks. Oh my god, what? God, why? Wait, what classes are you? I have like a bunch of like 1.30 to 4.30 classes and they're all synchronous. And it's like a horrible. But yeah, I just, I don't have the struggle of like, having to stay up late. I just have, like, really long classes for some reason. Yeah. Our history class is three hours. I'm very confused. Why? History classes stop. It's like a seminar-style class for three hours. Oh <laughs> so I just have to, like, keep answering questions for three hours. It's just so painful. I can't imagine, like, being on a Zoom call for three hours in a lecture like that just seems so taxing yeah i just want to take a nap i actually don't understand how you sit <laughs> through classes on campus and i'm uh, like right? i look at the yeah. video that's like an hour and 30 minutes long and i'm like i don't want to look at this video <laughs> my attention span is so short now i think i think like yeah. just having it online makes it so much harder because you know, you can just like open up another tab and go on like Facebook or Instagram <laughs> or something. Like it's so easy. Or you could just like fall back asleep, which I do a lot. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Start taking Even naps. just watching recorded lectures. I had like always put it on like I speed it up just to get it over with quicker. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> there was one class um that it was asynchronous, but then the videos they posted, you can't fast forward them or like speed them up. What? But I dropped that class, that? so it's okay. Talking <laughs> <laughs> at 1x speed anymore. Like 1x is just too slow for me. I can only listen to people talking at 1.5x speed or higher. Literally, yeah. <laughs> it's also really easy to just fall behind on schedule. Like, I, if my classes are asynchronous, I could just have, like, three lectures piled up and I never watch, oh my God. <laughs> oh. watch them oh my in the week of exam or something. And that's why, like, mm. I had to, like, make my schedule consistent or else I knew I'd probably, like, fall back on, like, having to watch recorded lectures. Oh, yeah. How do you guys, like, keep yourself disciplined? Ah, uh, if only I could. <laughs> disciplined? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I just, like, do my best, too. I think one thing that I did with Alyssa for Orgo is that, like, or at least it was affected at first, we would um, watch the Orgo YouTube videos because all of our Orgo lectures are posted on YouTube. But we would, like, watch them together during the Orgo lecture time. So then we make sure um, we actually watch the lectures. So if anyone is interested in Hopkins Orgo... Or go one. You can subscribe on YouTube. Yeah, his whole playlist is available. <laughs> yeah, the whole whole semester. Yeah. You don't even have to pay for Hopkins education. It's free on YouTube. It's Khan Academy. 
I don't know. I guess for me, I try to keep myself accountable, but I, I have like a master calendar that I keep everything on. And I find that like having written everything down or my, my calendar is online. So I guess I type everything down. Um, just keeps me to like a schedule and basically just holds me more accountable for what I have to do by certain days so that I try to procrastinate less in theory. I, I don't know if it's true in practice, but um I still need to watch two of our lectures. There are just so many things that we need to address with this semester being online, or I guess it's March having semester online. I think a lot of people have been advocating for like accepting the new normal with the pandemic going on. Um, do you guys agree with that statement? Uh, definitely. I think that there is definitely a new normal. Uh, we obviously can't walk around the, the same way that we did. We can't like get in really close contact with our friends or like people that we used to just be able to hang out with, like especially masks. I know it's it's like been a really big thing, and for some reason, it's also become a really big thing of like um, controversy because a lot of people find it like uncomfortable or something. But you know what? It's like for the sake of public health, you better just do it, and. Um, social distancing, masks, that kind of stuff. I think we definitely just have to learn to accept it, even though it like might be uncomfortable. It might be like kind of lonely because you won't be able to get, like I said, in such close contact with the people that you would otherwise would be able to. But it's like in the end, you have to remember that it's to protect the people that you care about and to protect yourself. So yeah, I'm definitely in favor of accepting like this quote unquote new normal. Yeah, I agree with Alyssa. Like, maybe hard and down. I I don't want to. I mean, I know we need to accept it right now, just because you know we're in the midst of the pandemic. But like long term, deep down, I don't want to have to accept it because I believe and I hope that we'll be able to combat this. And hopefully, like when a vaccine comes out, um, eventually everything can go back to normal. Whether that's like in a year or in two years. But um, right now, I feel like just for the sake of humanity as a whole, we need to be um, continue advocating for this. Um, people, there are still people who don't realize like how serious the pandemic is, which I find astonishing just because, you know, we see the numbers every day. We see how it has affected people. You know, unemployment rates have been rising. Um, and I just feel like people need to understand how serious this is and take the appropriate actions. Like wearing a mask is not infringement on your rights. It's literally like a basic public health policy that you're doing to help others, you know? So I don't, people keep using that argument, which just does not make any sense to me at all. And I just feel like with this pandemic, it's literally just takes a lot of common sense. People just need to understand, like, do what's best and be um be considerate of considerate of other people you know because since this is a public health issue it takes the actions of every individual in order to counter and ensure that everyone can be healthy and safe yeah like coming off what michelle said a lot of the like safety protocols and stuff like that in place like it's definitely like not only for your own safety but for other people's safety and a lot of it is like 
if we follow these protocols now, it's in hope that in the future, like, we'll be able to, like, combat this pandemic and we'll be able to, like, have the vaccine and, like, have people kind of, like, return to their normal lives, I guess you could say. And so it's, I guess, like, optimistically, it's temporary. And I think that, like, in order to just, like, further our, our, like, agenda of like oh we can return back to our normal lives and like have everything go back to normal and like not have to wear a mask or whatever people are like I guess so worried about and so uncomfortable about like all of those things are I guess you could say temporary and in hopes that in the future um, we can return back to our normal lives. So just to end this episode with a positive note Um, I think definitely since people started realizing the impact of the pandemic, um, for example, uh, our um, college going online, I think everyone, I think it's mostly been negative comments on the pandemic, but do you guys think that there are pros to online classes or activities um, for virtual education? And do you think that these police can be carried on or incorporated into in-person education for the future okay so um i guess one thing that i find is i guess a pro virtual classes is how it connects people from like vastly different parts of the world like um not only classmates but also just people in general like i know for a lot of the organizations i'm involved in like outside of school there are people like who live in asia or in africa or like and completely like entirely different continents and you get to like meet all these different kinds of people that you would otherwise not be able to meet without like virtual means like zoom or facetime that kind of stuff so that's been like one i think really cool thing about having virtual classes even though it like kind of sucks like you get to meet so many different people you get to see so many different types of like faces assuming that they turn the cameras on and um yeah you just get to be a part of like a group that you wouldn't otherwise like never have met had you like not had we not been like forced to go onto this virtual platform so that's something that I have found kind of eye-opening and super cool Um, yeah personally for me I feel like this semester I took on um way more like clubs and activities than I should have but because everything is online like I'm still able to handle and do everything that I want to do um while like like staying on top of my course load so in that aspect that the like the virtual platform has allowed me to be more productive and really make the most of my time at Hopkins and you know get involved in more clubs and activities there um and another note I also feel like the virtual format has you know allowed me to realize more of my time like I can go to more office hours right now and talk connect with professors because you know instead of having to walk across campus I can literally just like hop on a zoom call and you know just be able to talk to them and you know connect with other people too so I'm thankful for that and you know realistically you know just being able to be at home with my family because I know from here on out you're gonna like life just gets busier from here especially in college like you know soon we're gonna be adults and we're gonna be working and so i'm just really thankful for this time to take a step back from all the busyness and still have time to like 
um, time with my family as well, you know, before I continue like my college career and eventually have to like um, live life on my own and become an adult. Yeah, I think that I think one good thing about online learning is that it can be more flexible, I think. And in terms of like location, a lot of students like are able to like they can online learn from like anywhere, right? So like you can choose to like return like to campus or not like to campus, but like return to Baltimore, I guess, and like live in like the housing that you originally signed your lease for, or like you could just stay home. And like I know that for some people that's like a big advantage, just because like it can like lessen the financial burden too of just like living um like paying another place's rent or just like um before like we had like meal plans and stuff like that and like that all is like pretty costly and I think with like online learning there's like a level of like flexibility where like you can I guess choose where you want to learn from and I know that's like a privilege for some people so maybe not like everyone but I think that that is one like advantage over like having to have in-person classes like year-round and it kind of like opens the possibility for you to like um go home if you're like not home also like for me like I'm in Baltimore right now but for Thanksgiving break like I'm probably going to like go home and stay home like until next semester and so that's like kind of something that I wouldn't be able to do if we were in person what about some qualities that can be carried on through in-person education? I think the biggest thing probably is like time management and I think like entering things into like a kind of I think what Michelle said like a master schedule or was it Alyssa I don't remember sorry but like a mass having a master schedule um of like all your like events and stuff I think that can really help when you're like time managing even if you're like in person too. Yeah, I agree with that. Especially with like now having to work with time difference. For me, I guess it's definitely a lot more holding myself accountable and like actually like doing work when it's assigned. Because I know I had this problem during first semester, freshman year too, where I would just kind of put off work. And now since I'm in my house and I have nothing to do like but work, I had to like stick to my commitments a lot more. So that's definitely something that I'm going to be bringing back to campus just because um, also like Phoebe said, definitely like time management, holding myself accountable, sticking to like my plans. That's something that I've kind of learned throughout quarantine and hopefully I will continue to do this and not just forget about it when we go back in person. I think one thing that I'd say is important is just like creative ways to handle like these kinds of situations like especially for like clubs um and um yeah just like having to fulfill responsibilities finding creative ways to connect people virtually like it's really taught a lot of us um how to best utilize and maximize um like our online tools because we can do so much with it and you know through this process we've been able to um make the most out of it yeah use it to our advantage even though like we're all disconnected by a screen yeah this pandemic really 
I guess, force us to learn different ways we can utilize technology can definitely be continued um, even after we resume to in-person education as long as we have access to the tech to technology and internet for example like if we have like ta office hours or professor office hours those can also be offered online and so that can make those office hours or help sessions more accessible to students um so like they don't need to you know like walk all the way across campus um or like they only feel like rush to places and things like that can make scheduling more efficient so there are definitely things that we can continue in in-person education that we've learned through the pandemic and online classes so while the pandemic did cause a lot of issues and definitely is still going on we can note down on some of the pros that happened or things that we've learned and continue Awesome. So thank you guys so much for being here with me today. It was really nice to have this conversation with you guys. And for our audiences, hope you enjoyed our podcast and hope that we gave you something to think about. And we hope to have you listen to us again uh, for our future episodes. Thank you.